0: Too many people live out their lives never knowing the positive differences they made to others. My guest Lynette Smith is going to share how easy it is to write a meaningful letter of appreciation. Whereas spoken words, texts, and emails are fleeting, a gratitude letter is tangible and long-lasting. It is world-changing to its recipient, it's saved and savored every time it's read, and it can even become part of a family legacy. The lost art of writing letters. Next on to the Executor Help Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Executor Help Podcast, the show dedicated to help you settle an estate, pick an executor, and avoid family fights. For more information, visit davided.com. Now here's your host, David Edie
0: With me today is Lynette Smith. Here on the Executor Help Podcast, she is the author of How to Write Heartfelt Letters to Treasure for Special Occasions on Occasions Made Special. Lynette, I want to thank you today for being here here on the show and sharing. Talk about something that I think is a a lost art. And actually, when I was researching to do the show, I thought about the art of writing a letter. And and, and I think it's a two-part thing. The person who's writing the, the, the letter, and it's the feel of having a nice pen in your hand. And you're writing that. You have that nice pen in your hand, and you're writing it. What you've got exactly, you're showing me your pen there. So you've got a nice pen in your hand. It feels good. And then there's the excitement of the the receiver. Some the someone's gonna open and read a letter that does have a special feeling. Is this what made you, you know, write your book? and and I know you you talk a little bit about the special letter that you got at your son's rehearsal dinner?
1: That's the thing that made me write the book because it never occurred to me that somebody might want to write a letter to their parents just before they get married to tell them what they most appreciated about their individual parents and what it was like growing up in the family and what values they had learned that they planned to bring to their own marriage. My gosh, my son thought of this. He and his bride-to-be discussed it and they went, yes, we'll each do one of those letters for our parents. And they presented them at the rehearsal dinner Uh, They had the maid of honor and best man read them while they stood by their own parents. And everybody who was there had tears dripping down their face. It was so moving. But here's the really important thing about this. It was a framed letter. Now, not all letters should be, but that one was very special. And it has a place of honor in our home. And every time I read it now, even when I'm thinking about reading it, my eyes are welling up. And my hand wants to go to my heart because it is just as moving every time I read it as that first time. So that's the lasting value of having something printed that you can save and treasure and remember someone by and know that they appreciated you. And not only that, but that letter can be handed down as a part of family legacy. Back to our son when we pass away, to his daughters when he passes away, and it'll remind them or tell them a little bit about what their ancestor was like. So I think that's very cool too.
0: Yeah. So I. So what this means is that you're writing a, a letter of gratitude to, uh-huh. for example, for the family members to leave in a will. Why would you want to do that?
1: Well, the first thing is it's a gift. It's a gift of legacy that your loved one has left behind for you to let you know that they appreciated you and loved you and why, and what was special about you. It's also an opportunity by leaving a gift of love in that way to help set the mood or the pace or the the, set the scene for the tough months ahead, trying to close out the estate And you've got to try to get along with a lot of people, not the least of whom are your siblings, other people who feel they have a vested interest in what remains behind tangible possessions. And it can get ugly, or it can get very beautiful, this experience. And by setting the the mood with this letter, you're helping it be very beautiful and for everybody to want to get along. So that's really the important thing. And it does also, I think it probably helps to lighten the emotional load that's on the people at that time, because this is very heavy when a parent dies or a spouse dies. It's very heavy and you just feel dragged down. And if somebody can leave you something that helps you go oh, this is this was a beautiful life, but it's going to be beautiful in the future for those of us left behind and Family is what's important, and let's all get along. So I think those are very good reasons to write one of those letters.
0: So if you've got the feeling that you 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 want to write the letter, you maybe the best thing to do is just to give an example of what a letter of gratitude might sound if you were going to leave to the children.
1: Sure, I'm going to read to you and tell you what the components are. If anyone wants to take notes at this point, it might be good. Uh, if you've got a family where there's a widow. Uh, you know, the, the husband died a few years ago and the widow's there, and now she has died and left her three adult children, two sons and a daughter. This happens to be an example of the letter to the daughter. Dear Stephanie, you start with a shared positive memory, kind of an icebreaker. So here's an example. You've always held a special place in my heart. I remember that time when you were three and we were out in the front yard You asked me if you could go across the street and give the flower you had just picked to the little neighbor boy who was standing in his front yard. Of course, I walked you over and you did just that. It was such a sweet moment. So that that calls to mind a pleasant little memory. Um, Then go on to your child's most admirable qualities. Of course, kindness is only one of your many positive qualities. Whether you were playing a game with friends as a child or helping out at work or in volunteer activities, as an adult, you've always had a spirit spirit of cooperation and taken joy in a job well done. Both family and friends value you for your spontaneity and resourcefulness, as well as your empathy. I have seen you on many occasions, reach out to someone who's troubled or grieving or otherwise challenged and offer your support, whether it was just to be a good listener, offer a gentle hug or help out with a needed task. Then you can progress to what you've learned from your child. Having seen you in action at these times, it's always been a reminder to me to strive to be better in my own life and more helpful to others rather than getting caught up in the busyness of everyday living. Then you can move on to what values you hope your child has learned from you. I know your father did his best during his lifetime to teach you good values for living. For my part, I've always tried to be a good mother to you, considering that parenthood doesn't come with an owner's manual. My hope is that you always remain enthusiastic and caring while retaining your sense of self-worth for you can't share from an empty basket. Then move on to hope for family understanding, mutual support and cooperation in the coming challenging months. So here's what would be written in this example. I realize that the coming months may present challenges as you and your brothers work together to settle things after my passing. I've observed that grief affects people differently. Some find it hard to think about taking any action. Others wanna jump right in and get those tasks over with quickly, but sometimes in the rush, they make decisions they will later regret. Still others may hide their grief and seem to be uncaring. My wish is that however you and your brothers cope with your grief and with the tasks ahead, you will be understanding and continue to love and support one another as you also honor my wishes as expressed in my will, you might also say, and trust. Then the next portion is hope for long-term closeness of family bonds. Your father and I have always loved you and your brothers through both good and challenging times, and I hope that you will continue to remember the importance of family as you extend that same love to one another now and into the future. Love, mom.
0: It's beautiful. But if I want to play devil's advocate now. Suppose there is disharmony in the family, which a lot of times there is when there's a, an estate or, you know, the loss of a parent happened in my case. Say that you, you know, you get along with one child and you didn't get along with the others. Is it advisable to write letters if you have um, not a grudge, but you weren't happy with maybe their lifestyle, you weren't happy with, you know, how they treated each other or how they might have treated you? It, it, are you going to write a letter that is going to impart some sort of wisdom, hopefully, that they're going to take with them now that you're gone? Or if you feel that you want to write a letter not to do it in where where it's, it's not going to be taken the right way and, and it's... Not, I'm not gonna say mean-spirited, but it's um, the child might you know, mm-hmm. feel bad based on what you've written. What would you suggest?
1: I suggest not making the child feel bad. I think you cannot change the past and you might as well get over it and simply move forward. So if you didn't happen, if this is the widow, mm-hmm. for example, and and one of the sons, George, is someone she didn't really get along with, it's still fine in that letter to Stephanie to, write in general terms all right now later on there's going to be a group letter well let me go backward not go to the group letter yet when she writes a letter to George because the assumption is she'll write to each of the adult children when my question yeah George she's going to uh, do what I like to remember from an old song from the 40s accentuate the positive and decentuate the negative. Don't talk about the negative. It serves no useful purpose for the future and it will cause hurt in his life. Better to talk about the good times, but yes, you mentioned imparting wisdom and certainly that would be an important part of that letter. Not saying, you know, in the past you should have, never use the should, never point the finger. Just say, one of the things I've discovered in my life is that it's best to da, da da and it's it's a way of not pointing the finger at George but George can take his lead from that comment she made about what worked well in her own life that she might be passing along that could work well in his but she doesn't have to say that right um, and just express hope for
0: George's future so at the end of reading the individual letters let's say for Stephanie as a person who's writing the letter what are you trying to what are you hoping to accomplish, and hope that they feel the right the, 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 the mother writing to Stephanie, and as Stephanie, what should she hope to accomplish by g- going through? Because it's going to be hard to read her mother's words. What do you hope? What do you hope for that for her to what, take away from the from the uh, the process of, of reading the letter? So let's start with mom. What are you trying to uh, accomplish?
1: Well, I think you mentioned hope a couple of times, and that's a key word here. Hope for good relationship between the siblings. Hope for a positive outcome for these next challenging months. Hope that that mom is saying, kind of virtually embrace one another through all of this. Make it better. Do, support one another, and, and you'll get through it better, but I have confidence that you'll do it. That's the essence of it.
0: And after Stephanie reads the letter, how should she feel? Or were you? What should someone who gets our letter start should expect?
1: She's going to feel, you know, she she's just received the will, and this is with the will, mm-hmm. and she's going to see that, and she's going, yep, mom was planning ahead because she knows this is going to be tough. George can be a real <laughs> challenge sometimes. Right. But, but she's urging us to do our very best to get along. And she's urging me to have understanding towards my brothers. And yet she's giving me the, the she's telling me she's confident that I'm up to the task.
0: Right.
1: So that's what I'd feel at that time if I were Stephanie.
0: You, I mean, the, the, the mother's written the letters of gratitude to an individual child. She's, you know, she's talking about, you know what she loved about the child, what she's learned from her, and what she's hoped that she's learned from from her mom. Do you feel that there should be conversations all the way through without the letter, that the letter should be the final thing, that it's just the final piece, the final goodbye um, by writing this the gratitude letter? But all the time they should have had conversations about you know the estate, the you know the you know what it's going to be like when she's no longer there. So is this the final? Would you call it a, is it, is it a love letter?
1: It's a love letter. It's a love letter and a hope letter. But yes, absolutely, there should be conversations before mom passes away. And I can tell you that from personal recent experience, you can tell by the color of my hair, I'm not young. I'm not an old biddy, but I'm not young, all right? And I have been doing my best since the only child we have lives in a faraway state. And he's going to be the one saddled with all of that stuff to take care of when my husband and I have each died, you know, when the last of us dies, that's a, a large burden. And I recognize that he needs to get it done as efficiently and effectively as possible when he comes out. So we have been trying to put our affairs in order and simplify life to the best we possibly can, gut those files, do all the practical things, simplify all the, the tangible assets, make sure the beneficiaries are properly stated, but keep him in the loop mm-hmm. of where we stand. This is a list of our assets. As, and as of last December 31st, they were each worth about this much. Mm-hmm. And here's how who you need to contact regarding that asset and so on. So we've left a set of instructions, a spreadsheet with those assets and all of that sort of thing. And I feel good about it and he feels relieved about it because he knows he's gonna have to probably plan to take a couple of months off work, some kind of a leave. And he's gotta make that efficient. He's gonna have to sell a house if one of us is still in it and all of this other stuff. And he's gonna have his hands full. So we're trying to lighten that load the best we can.
0: Yeah, well, because nobody is trained for that particular type of job and also, and for the responsibility. So, you know, him being the only child, or if there were siblings, it's still a monumental task yes. to be an executor. And then on top of that, he's got to handle the grief of his parents not being there. And I totally understand um, what he'll be going through. So you you gave the, the letter of gratitude to Stephanie, but mm-hmm. you you wanted to write a letter to the group. And, and what would that sound like?
1: All right. Dear George, Stephanie, and Aaron. And I've named them in order from eldest to youngest, so there's no implied favoritism. Just birth order. As I look back on the years when you were growing up, it may sound cliche, but time really did fly. Your dad and I treasure all our family days we enjoyed at the beach, on road trips or camping trips in the mountains, or just movie nights at home with popcorn and hot apple cider and each other. The next thing your dad and I knew, you were all graduated from high school and going off to college and other adventures on your own. Then there were marriages and your own children, our wonderful grandchildren, to enjoy and have new adventures with. Now, during all those years you lived at home, I was privileged to see how you grew and matured into unique and wonderful individuals. George, it was great to see your enthusiasm for scouting activities and especially when you were mentoring the younger boys as an eagle scout and later as a scout leader in your spare time as a talented woodworker. Stephanie, it was a pleasure to see the joy you took in learning to sew and eventually becoming a costume designer for our Performing Arts Center. And Aaron, your enthusiasm for high school orchestra led you to continue your music education and after college play professionally in an orchestra with a renowned composer-conductor of movie soundtrack. Having watched each of you as you explored your own unique talents, I was reminded to explore my own. Your examples inspired me to return to college to earn my bachelor's degree and master's degree in geology, and then apply that education to work in the field and teach college classes myself at our local community college. It was a fulfilling career. Thank you. I know your father did his best during his lifetime to teach you positive values for living. For my part, I've always tried to be a good mother to you considering that uh, parenthood doesn't come with an owner's manual. My hope is that you each remain enthusiastic about life and continue to care about others, even as you retain and build on your own sense of self-worth for you can't share from an empty basket. I realize that the coming months may present challenges as the three of you work together to settle things after my passing while honoring my wishes as expressed in my will and trust. I've observed that grief affects people differently. You may find it hard to think about taking any action, or you may want to jump right in and get those necessary tasks over with quickly, but sometimes in your rush, you make decisions you'll later regret or you may hide your grief and seem to others to be uncaring. My wish is that however you each cope with your grief and with the tasks ahead, you will be understanding and continue to love and support one another. Try to make it the best of times rather than the worst of times as a family. Your father and I have always loved all of you through both good and challenging times, and I hope that you will continue to remember the importance of family as you extend that same love to one another now and into the future. Love, mom.
0: When it comes to your book, what makes it unique and useful? Do you feel that for a lot, for a lot of people, is it to get, start back the art of, uh of writing letters? Is that a lost art? Because we're, we're so used to being on the computer and it's, it, you know, sending email and, and what, what makes it so important to write letters?
1: What's important is it's lasting. I mean, think of a text, think of, think of just you and I, and I'm, I'm giving you a compliment. Gosh, you did a great job. And you say, thanks. And in 30 days, you don't remember. We said that if I texted it to you, that would scroll on down the text conversation and you'd lose that too. If I sent that to you in an email, even if I elaborated on it, that email, if your inbox is like my inbox, it goes down and down and down. And if you think someday, where is that thing she said something really nice, you may have trouble finding it or worse, your computer can crash, okay? And it's just gone if you've got a tangible printout, barring a fire or other unforeseen circumstance, if you've got a tangible printout, you've got something you can go back to. And that not only is good because you can, again, read and enjoy that again and again, but it's also good because it can become a part of family legacy and be passed down through generations. And I'm talking gratitude letters, just not everyday letters, you know, The kinds of things where you're writing to someone special to let them know that they've made a positive difference either in your own life or in the lives of others. And they deserve to be acknowledged because, you know, some people go to their deathbeds never knowing they made a difference. And that's just sad. They might have got that text. They might have had the compliment. They might have had the email, but they don't remember it. And a letter is something you can remember and come back to and feel appreciated over and over again. So that's why the book is important, which by the way, I will hold up. There it is. How to write heartfelt letters to treasure for special occasions and occasions made special. Now, how this book serves the purpose is it doesn't just provide fill in the blanks templates. It doesn't do that at all because that's not exactly heartfelt, is it? It's fill in the blanks, take the test. It's not the same. What it starts with, and I think it's the most powerful part of the book is it's got 15 demographic lists of positive, powerful words to describe a certain type of person, a teen boy, an older man, someone religious or spiritual, a military service me- uh, member, a teacher or mentor, coach or student, and so on. 15 different lists like that. So if you're stuck for how to start what you wanna say, You go to a list and you go, wow, well, gee, he's intelligent, he's supportive, he's non-judgmental. You pick and choose the words that best describe that person and it gives you something to start with. And then in the individual chapters, there are prompting questions, things that make you think about what you might want to write about. So the basic formula in brief for one of these gratitude letters is start with that shared memory you both treasure. Then move on to describe the person's most admirable qualities, perhaps with examples. Then go on to the positive difference this person has made in your life or in the lives of others and express your gratitude and then write your name. Now this can be uh, composed and printed out on the computer as long as the name was handwritten, or you can handwrite the whole thing. You can compose it on the computer and then copy it in handwriting. Just keep in mind who is your reader. If cursive is no longer used, is this gonna be useful? Uh, do you need to print? Do you need to print it out? Um, is this being given to somebody who has a vision problem and needs really big type? All of these things need to be taken into consideration. If you're gonna frame it, it needs to be one page with adequate margins and so on. So, so keep your reader in mind.
0: As you were going through that and you name naming off the different de- describing somebody, Not only, and you you talked about, you know, leaving a gratitude letter to the children, but you might also write to special friends or people in your life that's made a difference. You would have, you know, a separate letter written to them that could be with the will and, you know, the kids pass, the the, the executors pass those out to the special friends. Have you had stories, people telling you about the book and how they've used it in that way?
1: They have not used it in that way, but I would caution that if you do decide to use it in that way, Equal treatment is important. I mean, how many friends do you have? And if you you've got five close friends and you only write two letters. The other three point, yeah. 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 My feeling is do it during their lifetimes Mm. and individually present them. And it's a very personal experience. As a matter of fact, two days ago, I did this with a very close friend of mine. I composed a letter and we all met for dinner, and I read that letter to her. And Oh, of course, that was hard to read because my eyes were all wet. <laughs> her eyes were all wet, but but I gave it to her in a certificate holder, a trifold certificate holder, and and I read it to her, and then I presented it to her. So this is something she can get during her lifetime. But here here was the interesting thing. Her comment: she's got quite a sense of humor. She says, "Am I dead?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, you're alive and well. And I want you to know how valuable you are to me and so many other people during your lifetime.
0: And I think by doing that, writing the letters, whether either you read it to them or you, you send it to them and they, and they, and they get that, that acknowledgement, I'm sure it's going to deepen your relationships going, going forward.
1: It absolutely does. There's no question about it.
0: So what, what is the message in your book that you want uh, readers to grasp grasp? take away?
1: Well, the main message is don't wait till it's too late. How many people go to a funeral or memorial service? They go, I should have told him how much he meant in my life. how What a difference he made. I should have, should have, should have. I hate shitting on myself.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Um, I'd rather just seize the moment while I'm alive and well and tell people if they deserve to be told why they're why they're wonderful.
0: But but I think also people don't want to talk about this particular situation. I come across it, you know, you know, promoting a book or talking to people. They're uncomfortable with the with the subject. They're uncomfortable. If you were to send a, a letter or read a letter to me, like your friend said, well, am I dying? They're, they're, not that she was uncomfortable. I'm sure well, it meant a lot to her. But it's it's kind of out of the norm it is out of the norm why is it bad i'm not saying it is i'm just saying no, but 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 i don't know where, where people i guess our society is is uncomfortable with with the conversation they're uncomfortable with any of these conversations whether it's wills and estates talking to their family and, sure. and and i'm fortunate to have you people like you on the show that saying that it's okay but you're also deepening the relationships now that you're here and you're not waiting to the should of
1: Mm-hmm. Point
0: in their lives that they said oh, I should have said this, I should have said that, and I think that it's an amazing thing that what you're doing, and it's not only for you know estate planning, but also just having that extra communication. Like I said at the, at the top of the show, is that you know having that great pen in your hand and writing, handwriting it out, and then I'm sure the the look on your friend's face when she was when you were reading the letter to her, also. Was something that was something to uh, to feel great about as well, and and your 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 friendship is a lot deeper. I want to thank you, Lynette, for being on the show again. I'm not in for being on the show. I'd like to have you back in the future. We should talk more about how to communicate more because that's I think that's a problem that our society is having or we're getting away from. It's too easy to send an email, post something on Facebook, and so conversations is something that matter and we should do more of it. So I wanna thank you, Lynette Smith, for being on the show. If people wanna get your book or get in contact with, you, contact with you, how would they do that?
1: I recommend going to my website, which is write.com And my contact information is there, information about my book is there. And uh, by the way, I offer free workshops uh, in person. If they're local, or by way of Zoom or something else, if they can provide the venue, as long as they can guarantee eight to 20 people will show up, we'll have ourselves a nice little 90-minute workshop on how to write a heartfelt letter of appreciation. So that's something else to keep in mind. There's information on the website on that as well. Oh, so check more, out my book trailer on the website too.
0: So one more time, what's your, uh, your website?
1: write.com.
0: Goodways to write.com. Lynette Smith, I want to thank you very much for being on the show and hopefully we'll talk to you sometime down in the future. Thank you very much for being here.
1: My pleasure, David. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. You've
1: been listening to the Executor Help Podcast. For more details, visit davidedy.com or follow David on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter.